0: That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show here on Tuesday uh, at 8pm every single week, um, giving you your weekly rugby fix. Talking about all the stuff that's going on around off the pitch. If you want to know, uh, have reviews of the actual games, then we do that on Sundays at 8pm with our rugby review show. So uh, if you want to catch up on how all the action has gone at the weekends, that's the show for you. Uh, and you can catch that either on our YouTube ch- YouTube channel, Facebook page, or also as a podcast, just search for New Zealand Sports Radio on your favourite podcatcher, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio, all of those wonderful places. But hey, you're here to t- here to listen to us talk about rugby. What we're going to talk about? We're going to have a quick chat about the under twenties competition that's been happening in Auckland. Um, it's been set up by the clubs up there. We'll have a chat about some um, minor ten cup stuff. Um, Super rugby is back in um you think paul but no no it's finished no it's not it's back in south africa um and we'll have a chat about that um as well so lots of stuff to um talk about and uh to join me to do all of that i've uh, got boa how are you doing sir
2: very well as usual my highlight of the week guys a uh, bit of a temporary setup today i've just moved house and i'm staring at boxes boxes and more boxes so i do uh, apologize, uh bit of a temporary setup, but hey, great to be here. Wherever you are tuning in, I hope you had a great week.
0: And, folks, um, this is going to be the last time that Driving More will be coming to you from Hamilton. Um, as of next week, I'll be in Waihee in my new house and uh, new studio. So, um, so I look forward to um, to that one. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's going to take me a while to get set up properly. But, hey, we will be up and right. we Don't worry, we'll still be coming to you at 7 a.m. every single morning with the morning sports briefing and with all these evening shows as well. Um uninterrupted with all of the uh, moves. but um, yes, this, uh, this this due to this covid lock uh, due to this covid this this year, one of the things that happened was that New Zealand rugby um basically canceled all rep rugby um beneath um, the Maya ten cup and the Farrah Palmer Cup. That meant hotland championship out the window. That meant all age grades out the window. um and uh, that also meant then a lot of players coming to the end of their club season, which is which was already shortened. With no rugby to play, or that's what it looked like. Now we've seen the Heartland Championship sides um, organise themselves with some um, some bilateral games, but not a pro, not a full tournament. Uh, but the clubs up in Auckland, they decided the way to way forward was to play an under twenties competition. Um, your, uh, you, you um, obviously your club up there in Auckland, boa um, involved in that. Um, the uh, so yeah, this 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 super club competition um, idea. Um, for under twenties was it? I think it, I think it was 4 under
2: uh, Under-21s, Sport, uh, super club rugby, uh, and this was the initiative by the directors of rugby of the respective clubs. And depending on which part of Auckland, i.e., um, south, east, central, and west, there was an amalgamation of uh, four clubs each. So, for example, Southside Rising, which uh, represent, which was represented by uh, Manuka Rose, my club. Uh, Peptoe, East Amaki, and uh, Otahuhu. You know, very, very successful concept. Uh, uh, Mr. Tony Lafatanoa out from Waitakere, was the instigator of this. And, you know, I think this needs to be rolled out. This template needs to be uh, replicated right around the country. And that's what's going to happen next year. Um, and as you rightly pointed out, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. slow, 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 slow the horse down there, sir. Slow it down. Uh, you've got, you've got, you've, you've, you've rushed all, all, the way into next year. Who knows what will happen with next year? Will we have a, will we have zombie alien attacks? Who knows? So looking at this year, anything could happen. So let's not, so let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's just remind people as to what actually it was. Um, so you say those four teams, also including one team from a across the bridge from north, from the North Harbour Rugby Union as well um in that um i understand uh as as part of of, of part of one of the teams um so sort of round robin um and then finals but i mean the uh as you say organized out out of out of White matter initially um great to get play people like michael jones on board um promoting it uh and also essentially through him i think and through through other contacts getting it on sky tv which was um uh, I mean that that was a major coup, wasn't it? Getting it uh, getting it broadcast that way.
2: Uh, absolutely, and you know most of these players. Now, I had four of my uh, premier players because this year we didn't have a under twenty one team because of the whole COVID situation, and we couldn't field an under twenty one team for Manuka Rose. Um So this meant that most of these players who uh, didn't get to complete the full season, they got another opportunity to play rugby in front of a live audience on Sky TV. Sky were, of course, the naming rights sponsor. Um, it was a, a, a massive success, you know, obviously played for the Sir Michael Jones trophy. How cool is that? You know, you're handing over a trophy on live TV, named after you. And, of course, we had some real heavyweight support. Um, Peroni Clark, chairman of Auckland Rugby, uh, right behind this. And, um, you know, it was, I, I was really happy for the players, the parents, uh, friends and family. It was a good turnout, Played at White Matter, I was playing in a good spirit, there some real big hits, lots of flair, lots of entertainment, and you know the whole idea of putting Super Club Rugby in front of a um, you know franchised team name such as uh, uh, Southside Rising just gave these guys a, a, a bit of a mental edge, and they they went out there and they played some fantastic rugby. So great initiative. Great uh, innovation from the directors of rugby coming from within the clubs. Um, and, of course, as you said, you know, hold your horse. Next year, I sincerely hope that this gets rolled out, uh, nationwide. all the other unions come on board. And maybe it would lead to a national competition where the respective winners of the unions or the amalgamated unions would then go into a knockout competition and eventually find out who the champion is.
0: Well, um, the, I, so, so, before we get it next year, also, so one of the things that this, this, this has been able to do is it's allowed a lot of these players um, to showcase uh, their abilities. Uh, and several players have already been contacted by provinces around the country um, looking at uh, talent identification and, and opportunities to, to potentially bring some of those players down uh, out of the Auckland province into other provinces. Look, We know that happens all the time. Uh, it's happened for years. Uh, you you have what a quarter of the population living in Greater Auckland, so hence they're not all going to stay here. Um, but it's been a great uh, it's been a great a great showcase for those players and an opportunity for those great players to potentially find um, minor ten cup contracts uh, in the future uh, or other professional uh, contracts because they've been on that 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 TV piece has been really big. Um, and I guess this is part of the argument around. Um, whether we should or shouldn't televise first fifteen rugby, um, because with it not happening this year, uh, a whole bunch of uh, kids um, and you can say, oh, they're eighteen, they're young adults now, they're kids. Um, a whole bunch of kids have um, decided to stay, said, look, when I'm defer my year, I'm going to stay one more year at school uh, to play first fifteen because I want the exposure that I get from first fifteen rugby uh, it's, that'll help my rugby career. And uh, so I guess there's, there's there's an argument there, isn't there, around whether we should be televising um, under 50, uh, the sort of first 15 rugby. Uh, we've seen what the what, what good it can do later on, but perhaps it maybe it makes maybe over professionalizes something that should be more development,
2: uh, related. You know, there's there's two sides to the argument, the way I see. It. I mean, there's a lot of pros for uh, televising first 15 competition, and I think there's always a market for local homegrown talent. and you know, this might be the opportunity to really open a gateway into a full-blown, homegrown, televised season. And this just adds another layer um, of a very marketable product, especially for players at the Colts level. And this showcases talent Because you have to understand, Paul, there are a lot of players after playing first 15 rugby at school level, they don't actually pursue uh, any sort of competitive rugby. And this, uh, this really showed this year particular. Obviously, we had COVID-19 with a number of clubs and my club, Manuka Rose, being the probably the biggest catchment club for South Auckland talent. We didn't field an under-21 side, which was, you know, uh, for most people is quite surprising. So what this under twenty one tournament does, I think, is just springboard most of the talent. Um, at under-19, first-15 level, and it just gives them another pathway to continue and grow the wider talent pool. So, from a provincial point of view, especially in Auckland, I think uh, this is going to be a a breakthrough or a marquee transition pathway so that more and more younger players who would have otherwise stopped playing rugby after playing first-15, they get further opportunity to play. So, I think it's a fantastic thing. I think there's a real good market... For both first fifteen and the under twenty one Super Club Rugby to coexist and kind of go hand in hand, I think the two hundred twenty one one I think should be televised.
0: I'm I I, I will um, uh, I'm skeptical still. Um, I'm not clearly on either camp, but I, I'm I, I do I am concerned that televi- televising super uh, televising um, uh, first fifteen rugby uh, over professionalise it, and when kids should be con- concentrating on other on. Developing developing themselves uh, as, on a whole, because obviously, as you say, a lot of those players won't make it as professional players, so they need something else to fall back on um, for the ones that don't. Uh, and if you're going to, uh, so hence, I think there, there needs to be a a balancing act at the first 15 level. By the time we're talking about the under 19s, sorry, the under 20s, um, under 21s, uh, that's, super, that's yeah, that that's a, that's a point where they've probably got they, well, they do have careers, otherwise they'd be they'd be starving um and because uh, they don't earn, they definitely earn it from club rugby um but also are looking to pursue that I think, so i think at that level it, it's the right, it's definitely the right thing to do schoolboy i'm not so sure about now interesting there you're suggesting that uh, this could um be uh, sort of rolled out um around the rest of the country but i mean there already is a under 21s sort of rep rugby um that goes on that each of the provinces do, um, so why do you see this being stronger, being more useful than, than, than say, representative rugby or uh,
2: at that age grade? Because I think uh, there is there are a lot of players who miss out because if you just look at the rep team for a particular age bracket, you can only absorb a certain amount of players per squad. Whereas if you have uh, this franchise-based system where you have clubs amalgamating, um, it gives more players who would have otherwise missed out uh, the ability to show some late season form as well, because my experience—I'm uh, putting my coaching hat on here—the um, four boys who represented Manukau rose who are playing for Southside Rising, I think this 21s Super Club Rugby tournament, they showed their best form of the season, and that told me that these guys were actually late bloomers. And the more rugby they played, you know, they've got more run on form, and they put their best performances towards the latter part of the season. So, that's something, you know, from a coaching point of view, it's a learning I've taken on board as well. Um, and I'm sure these boys representing my club aren't the only players who will have the same situation because I, I looked right across the board. There were some, you know, fantastic performances, lots of talent. Um, and I think timing-wise, it's probably the best thing to do because going forward next year, if the calendar goes according to plan, we don't have any further uh, stoppages or lockdowns or zombie apocalypses, as you rightly said. Um, it's going to coincide with the Mitre 10. So there's there's all, all, all that sort of uh, commercial opportunity. And, of course, the ability for local provincial coaches to look at some of that uh, talent on display and actually, pull them into the minor squad if the opportunity arises. Yeah,
0: now um, as you say, it gives four four times the number of players the opportunity to actually play rather than probably doing just one. The 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 I mean, so one of the strengths of this competition has that it's been has been that it's been televised, right? That, that that's one of the big strengths of this competition. One of the problems of trying to roll this out across the country is if we just talk about super rugby franchise super rugby provinces that's 14 um, provinces if you have four teams per province um, you're suddenly talking about what is that 52 is that right anyway over 50 teams over 50 games over 50 teams um, 25 plus games a weekend uh, they're not going to be able to televise all of them are they Um, where I say and one of the strengths of this competition has been that it has been televised
2: no absolutely and I think it's a case of uh, picking the right uh game of the week, game of the weekend, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Program it so that it coincides with the Mitre 10. Play it as a curtain raiser. So there's, you know, there's there's a whole raft of possibilities. And uh, I saw Simon on the feed uh, talking about uh, the Bay of Plenty province where, you know, um, three teams or just say, uh, you know, there's, there's that possibility, so there'll be certain provinces where you have a high concentration of players, and of course that's uh, relative to numbers and population. Um, so yeah, it's it's just a case of uh, picking and choosing um, which conference or which province will have the most attractive game, coincided with one of the uh, marquee games which can be televised. Um, and and again, it's it's innovation, it's something new, it's something fresh, and it's uh, you know getting these kids. Um, Eyeballs, eyeballs on talent and playing footy. so it's a wonderful thing
0: yeah Um a few comments in the chat about some school boys rugby uh, and uh, school, school 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 sport um and it's been televised um i don't i don't really want to head down that one that one too much it was just a a, a side comment but um, yes you're right the government is starting to look into that um and they are looking into uh, whether it should or shouldn't happen um, one of the points that Simon, is that the, the other games could be um, streamed on Sky Sports next. The problem is Simon is that when you get up to twenty five games a seat uh, a weekend, plus you add in those minor ten cup games, um, which is another another else um, another seven games, you add uh, in a, um, some international games. Suddenly, you, you the, the number of cameramen you need. Is just crazy, and uh, so you can't actually um, stream all of those. Um, the, the cost around streaming all of those and covering all of those is becomes nuts. Um, and if you do end up with um, now, now there are some very, very good local setups. Um, Gecko Productions out of Bay of Plenty are fantastic, for example. But they are one; they're one crowd. Uh, they, they can do one game at a time. They can't do. I don't think they're big enough yet to do multiple games. Um, and um, but uh, if you get away from that and get down to an amateur kind of level, the the quality of the coverage just goes through the floor, um, and it becomes pretty much unwatchable. Um, it is very very poor. So um, the uh, so yes, yeah, so I think you, you're right. You, you're right though. You, you would you wouldn't be able to televise way, as many of them. It would be uh, picking trying to pick and choose which ones. Uh, and I think at that point we end up with some of the problems we have with club rugby, which is that uh, yeah that. It doesn't, there's, there's, there's too much to try and expose properly. Uh, it doesn't, you can't focus the marketing properly, which is what they've managed to do here with just four teams, two games a weekend. Uh, that they can do. Whereas if you try and I say suddenly you blow that up to 50 odd teams, 20 odd games a weekend, I just don't think you can market it properly. That's no,
2: there's, there's there's absolutely no market for that sort of numbers. And uh, just coming back to the schools, for 15, look, the, the, the reality is the demand for. There's, there's a lot of demand for eyeballs on school specific rugby, whether we like it or not. So, obviously, Sky TV um, being a commercial operation, they will drive where the demand is. So, if you compare the under 21, so obviously it's you know, it's an it's, it's initial um, incubation period, so to speak. This year was pretty much a trial, you know, fantastic success. Uh, but you compare that against the uh, Land Rover first fifteen, you know it's it's no comparison, and there is a huge, huge uh, demand for the schools. And I, I, I recall having a, a conversation about this because the brain this was the brainchild of the late great Martin Crow when he was involved with Sky, and uh, the amount of subscriptions for the rugby channel, well uh, it was like fifteen dollars a month when Sky were running it. Um, you know, it just spiked and surged literally overnight, and you know, the demand stays strong. So, we'll just have a wait and see how this whole thing fans out come season 2021. Yeah, we will do. Um, and look,
0: the, the, one of the reasons that it's, uh, it's not getting the eyeballs of first 15 does because first, first 15 has got the history behind it, whereas this is this is a brand new product. Um, people don't have the emotional connection with the clubs um, so much because they are brand new. Um, and so, yeah, it, it'll take that, that, that sort of stuff will um will take time uh to uh to, to to build up so um but anyway uh fantastic that a it happened i mean trying to stand something up from nothing with no money um to going uh, to go from basically a, a concept a bunch of clubs short on cash at the time uh managing to put it together get some get some sponsorship get some get some very good coverage um so yeah so congratulations to the to the clubs in uh, in auckland um, for making that happen. And it was the clubs. I Sure, the union came on board and said, yes, cool, we'll we'll kind of sanction it as such. But this was really a club-driven event, not a union-driven event.
2: Um, what, what, 100% and that needs to be said because this was an initiative, a bit of innovation from the clubs, the directors of rugby. Um, everyone banded together. Uh, you know, we had a shoestring budget, quite literally. Um, and, you know, just... Happen just like that, so it just goes to show when everyone bands together, works towards a very common goal, things happen real quick.
0: And talking of shoestring budgets and what can happen with uh, on, on very little, um, that's what happens here at New Zealand Sports Radio as well. Um, so folks, if you would like to support um, New Zealand Sports Radio, those of you um, watching on YouTube can do so through Super Chat if you'd like to. Um, otherwise, you can head over to um, uh, patreon.com forward slash NZ Sport Radio. Uh, and you become a supporter of the channel for as little as a dollar a month. Um, with that one. Um, and um, the uh, Simon mentions here the there's uh, uh, mentioned here about the uh, Bermuda Tens. Um, have you uh, have have you heard about this, Boa? Have you paid me? Uh, do, you, do you know anything about the Bermuda Tens that's been going on?
2: I have. I have. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Tens, it must be said. I I just I just don't like the format whatsoever. Um, especially the, the last 10s, was the Gold Coast, uh, the, the, the Auckland Blues won it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, look, this, you know, from time to time, we have all these private equity groups coming on board. Uh, but, you know, I, I seriously have my doubts as to whether this is going to be marketable or whether it's actually going to be a sellable product, especially amongst uh, the purists. Because, you know, 10s is kind of a hybrid or uh, in-between between your 15s, which is just your know, season proper or the game proper, and the shorter version, which is a 7. So it's it's here, no neither there. Um, and I have to say, I'm not a big fan. I'm not sold on it. Uh, but, hey, all out of them and hopefully this can uh, take off. And hopefully it doesn't end up like those um, mystery planes and ships in the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> One piece of so um so for
0: those of you that, that haven't heard about this um basically the, the the idea is that this grows into a world tens series um of uh, of events in this in this year uh bermuda is the only stop of on that series um and, and the idea is it grows uh there's a number of teams in there um, ones that um uh that, that, that sort of stand out for me um are like the um ohio aviators Which is the rebirth of a team from pro rugby a few years ago, um, which is interesting to see them rebirth. Um, The uh, Asia Tigers, a team based out of Singapore normally, took part in global rapid rugby and is one of the teams that has um, uh, uh, tried to, is is, is submitted a proposal for a uh, super rugby expansion within the New Zealand um, conference. Um, So they're there at the Tens. Um, it's become a home for a lot of the sevens, um, players because, um, uh, pretty much all of the European based, um, countries have, uh, have basically cut their sevens programs. So, um, all the England players, for example, sevens players, um, were made redundant and had no jobs, um, and income. So it's, it's become a home for a lot of the sevens players. I think what a lot of the seven players are figuring out though, is that, um, uh, there's not as much room on the pitch with 10s and there are some big boys there that are going to squash you. So um, it's an interesting concept. Um, they've also played around with the laws. I haven't looked at this in detail, but apparently you can have a one, two, three and five point conversion. Um, so, uh, which, um, which, again, I don't mind playing. I don't mind some of the innovations with laws that like we saw in Global Rugby where we're talking about things like quicker scrums, quicker lineouts. Um, the uh 5022 uh, and the 2250, those sort of variations, I can kind of understand what you're trying to do by adding what I think is more of a gimmicky thing around um how far back the conversion is, and yet more points. That one I can't get on board with, I'm afraid.
2: Yeah, Paul, look, it's it's it's, it's never a good idea when you have a tournament uh called Bermuda dance and have a team called the Ohio Aviators. That's just, that's just a <laughs> wrong juxtaposition. know, yeah, that that's just yeah. I just sort of put it out there. So, there are, there are other teams that the, the, those
0: are the two teams that caught my eye. And it's the London Royals, there's, there's, there's a whole bunch of other teams out there. I say, um, the uh, now my problem, and one of the things I that uh, for me is I can't see how sevens beneath that world tour can be professional, right? Um Ways you look at some um, if you look at the, the basically the model for team sports on the whole. And there's an exception with cycling, which I'll get into in a second. Um, you, end, you play home games and away games and you build a squad. Uh, sorry, you build a fan base out of a location where you play with sevens. You don't do that. So how are you going to build that fan base up? The other examples are things like um, Mo, uh, Formula One, for example. But then people attach themselves to the car brands that are part of that. And that's where they get supporter base from. Um, now you don't really have a car brand as part of the Sevens, so I don't see how Sevens will build up team fan bases. Cycling, the fan bases quite often are not team related, but they'll follow people generally follow a rider, and so they'll support a team for a while while the rider's there. But when that rider moves, they'll generally move with the riders to some to another team. So, um, and I don't think we we don't have those big enough personalities within Sevens. To have that, to have a, a sustainable um, fan base to draw big enough crowds to to tournaments. So I don't see how sevens and therefore also this 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 tens touring concept. I don't see how that kind of works financially. Um, I, I the for me I say all team sports that I've seen work financially have a home ground or a home base where they build the support around, and I can't see that working here for the tens. I don't see how it works here for the tens, I don't see how it works for the sevens either.
2: There's there's two of us both. It's uh it's for me, it's just rugby is not the fastest moving sport on earth. And especially from a fan base, as you rightly said, you need to have a home base. And I I really can't see. I'm not trying to sound negative because you know, any form of rugby is great, but I just think this is too much innovation in the form of, as you rightly said, gimmicky. And it's just gonna confuse a lot of people and all it's going to be is just some kind of sideline court jester style entertainment, and you know. But hey, all power to them, and hopefully they don't disappear in Bermuda.
0: Yeah, I mean, good luck to them. Hey, I mean, look, I've got fully behind the major rugby, and I think major rugby is a fantastic product. So I think that's a great thing to, to to expand and grow. So I'm not anti new leagues per se. I just don't get this one. Um, and I say, uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't hear much of it ever again to be honest um the um yeah it, it, tens is basically festival rugby at the end of the season that uh, allows the props to go as well that's what it is it's for sort of a bit of fun it's not actually um it's not actually for viewing per se I think it's more it's not it's not a it's not a, uh, yeah, a a spectator consumed sport it's one that involves lots of drinking um, and a fun weekend for the players sure. uh, but more than anything else um minor 10 cup then and in the title of this i put uh will canterbury get relegated oh wow canterbury bottom of the premiership i this is a team that um since uh, 2008 um has only not made the final twice um and one of those was last year when tasman beat wellington the other one was back in uh, 2014 when taranaki um beats tasman um Wow, uh, and Canterbury lost in the premiership. I mean, this is um, uh, this is unheard of, isn't it?
2: Very much so, and uh, you know, prior to commencement of the NPC might minus ten, um, you asked me who you got running for the title. I had three teams: Auckland were top of the table, anyway, uh, Canterbury, and Tasman. Well, well, well. Who would have thought? But I have to say, Paul. Canterbury have looked uh, a little bit jaded this season. They haven't been as clinical as they usually are. They haven't really finished things off. they played what I call 99% rugby. They do the really nice things right until when it matters and they turn the ball over. And I think that has helped them uh, at very, very crucial junctures. Uh, but certainly, you know, sitting at the bottom end of the Premiership. Um, by their high standards and their fans' expectations, simply and utterly unacceptable. So interesting times.
0: It is interesting times. I mean, one of the things we've said um, about this this Canterbury side over the past um, few weeks, and, and Nocturnal Rights puts in there that he said they've been playing too conservatively, um, is if you just look at the names in that squad, you don't have the Matt Todd. We don't have the uh, those, those sort of... Um, uh, those sort of players in there um that are fringe the the great super rugby players um potentially even fringe um uh, all blacks uh because i mean that i never really kind of made it I mean, he obviously got a few caps but not uh, but um was really a super rugby player um you look at country squ- the country squad now you look at it and go whoa i don't recognize most of those names once the all blacks are gone um now so um uh, a question I think was put in the live chat a, a couple of weeks ago, or, or, or during one of our one of our chats, we didn't get to discussing. It was um, historically, Canter- um, the Crusaders have had a, an academy with Canterbury, and that's been it. Over the last couple of years, I'm not sure exactly when it was set up, but it's only, it's only about two or three years now. I think um, is that um, the, uh, the Tasman also now has a Crusaders academy. Um, now, having those two academy, having that second academy. Has that drained talent away from um, the Canterbury, where previously people would go to Canterbury because that was the route into the Crusaders? Now you can get in there from two ways, either Canterbury or Tasman. Uh, so has that reduced the amount of talent that's been available, or that the Canterbury will be
2: catching? Yeah, you know, that that could very well be uh, a factor. I, I I think what really needs to happen, and this will happen, is that they will have a very critical review after a post mortem. And actually understand where the gaps are. Uh, you could be very well right, Paul, um, you know, talent being split. Um, but but again, I think from a tactical point of view, they will have to uh, address what their game plans and strategies are, and of course, um, this is one of my personal uh, beliefs, I think right across all teams in the modern game, there's not enough emphasis on goal-kicking. There's enough opportunities of penalties. but teams are a little bit shy on not wanting to take the three points. And I think, especially at Provincial or NPC, what we call minor 10, um, you know, there's, there's, there's plenty of opportunity for uh, teams to take shots at goal. And possibly, if you're lacking in certain parts of your game, if you don't have the names, as you rightly pointed out, you know, these are some of the gaps uh, teams can fill. And if you have gun goal kickers, you can stay competitive, stay afloat with the uh, top of the table simply by converting the points. So, Canterbury, if you're listening, have a look. Look at your goal kickers. Perhaps you need to go back to um, setting up a goal-kicking academy and look look to take the easy points.
0: Well, all-black Brett Cameron has not been, uh, has been starting on on the bench, hasn't he? He's not been actually starting on the pitch, which has been uh, a bit of a surprise. Clearly, his uh, his star uh, has uh, has kind of dropped considerably from being picked, uh, as I say, for, for that Japan game um, pre-Rugby World Cup.
2: Yep, yep. And look, I just, just want to uh, uh, quickly answer what Nocturnal said on the live chat about you know conventional tactics. Um, yeah, that's that's very true. And one thing you have to understand, Nocturnal, is if you look at most of the defensive patterns and defensive structures most of the other provinces are doing, they use this uh, rush of the blitz defense really, really well. So the whole idea is to give the attacking players as little or least time to be able to execute their skills. And this is possibly one of the areas where Canterbury has really struggled this year. They haven't adapted to it. And they're playing a fairly predictable pattern. And they're falling victim to some of these really staunch, fast-moving defenses. So, yeah, perhaps they should play with a little bit more flair. They might need to have a look at the selection policy. They might need to pull some players uh, uh, from a, you know, pretty much a SOS mode, get some experienced players in just to make sure that they pull themselves out um, of this little rough they're in. Um, But yeah, overall, I think there's two key reasons here. Poor goal kicking, and number two, they just don't have the same amount of experience and those big name players who can uh, change games just like that.
0: Yeah, and um, the when you say about uh, SOSing people players in, look, they, their last two games are against Auckland and Tasmania, mean, they've got the hardest running possible um, to finish the season. So yes, the uh, I can, I, I think I, I mentioned. Ahead of the Otago game, I could see Canterbury not winning another game this season. Um, now I expected them to beat Otago, um, but I said if they slipped up there, that that could be it. That could be they they might not win again. And yeah, with Auckland and Tasman coming up, yeah, it's um, definitely. Um,
2: was it was it uh, Waikato? They had a bit of a sledge against Canterbury on their Twitter feed. They said uh, Canterbury not better luck next time. You've got Auckland and Desmond next. Yeah, they can play a bit of rugby, of oh, sir. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> is that yeah. Wow. Well, I might have to have a chat with Josh about that
0: one. Um, the uh, the <laughs> sorry, Joel, not Josh. Um, Joel, uh, that one. who's the guy who manages that um, that that uh, uh, that account. Um, one of the things that uh, that Aaron says is, look, as far as he's going to say, what goes around comes around. And look, teams are cyclic, aren't they? Look, it's it's uh, you, you can't stay at the top forever. Uh, or that or that's what we've we've seen to have done so um since 2008 is obviously uh amazingly um good um the um and uh but some um, and 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 if Canterbury gets relegated is anyone going to care except for those of the land of the damned um I'm going to care because I think it'd be absolutely fantastic and fun um so I think there's I think a lot of Aucklanders will will, will care if Canterbury get relegated. But uh, in the way of being happy about it, rather than rather than being sad about it. So I think lots of people will be care will care if uh, if Canterbury um, do get relegated. Look, when you've been top dog for that long, um, seeing you brought down, um, there's, there's going to be a lot of glee around that. And we've got to look. Canterbury have been top dog for a long time and deserved by how they've played. Let's be honest; they have been a fantastic team. Um, we can't you can't take that away from them. Um, but uh, yeah, it looks like their, their time is up come in uh come in boat 10 your time is up kind of thing um and uh talking about coming in um in in comes mr stephen harris only half an hour late how you doing sir you see not only is he late but he then then goes and doesn't turn his mute off either so technically so not only is he late but he also gets his tech wrong mr harris i know shocking but i am here you are with your northland hat on and which i'm not surprised you're wearing after their result this weekend
1: Oh, you still, you still gotta be, you still gotta remain loyal, no matter what.
2: Kia ora to you, Mr. Harris. Uh, better late than never. It's always nice to see you.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Hey, just on the back end of your conversation, I was listening in about Canterbury. Listen, yeah, they'll go down, but gee, they'll bounce. As a as a Northern supporter, that's that's all we need. Canterbury down in the Championship division, need that like we need a hole in the head. They'll bounce yeah. straight back up. Although, although as said the other night. It took Wellington a couple of seasons to uh, to bounce back up, oh, but I think Canterbury's got enough talent to bounce uh, to bounce right back. It, it doesn't matter; teams will go, teams will come and go. But hey, let's not quite write them off just yet,
2: guys. One, be- one thing I one thing I would say is um, you know preseason preparation is, is is vital, and I I can vouch for this, uh, especially Auckland and their current success. It has been built on some incredible, incredible preseason planning because I spent a lot of time with uh, Alama Pilo and also with Craig McGrath coming into the port They did some incredible, enormous amount of preseason planning, and everything which they planned preseason they have now put into practice, and they're reaping the rewards. So again, I guess as. Um, Ashwin, rightly said, you know, what goes around comes around. It's it's cyclic. They'll probably go inspect some of their systems and processes, especially what some of their coaching staff are doing. Um, and they'll get it right. They'll get it right very quickly. They have a very good uh, system and they've got some very good uh, coaching coordinators, and coaching educators down in Canterbury. They'll be back. They'll be back with Avengers.
1: Yeah.
2: I was about to say one of the other real key
1: things that I've um... <clears throat> that I've learnt over the last few days. I, I did a bit of digging about sort of these PUF contracts that they give to players to keep them in, in the academy. And I know Auckland have a very, very good budget. I believe it's over a $100,000 that um, Dan Bowden has got to basically play with. So, listen, he's he's basically out and about. And he's ensuring that players, just to give you an example, if you think back to last year's Auckland under nine, under-19 team which played in the final of the Jock Hobbs tournament um, I already know of uh, several uh, several players in that team that have actually been signed for PUF contracts and they have been ranked for say for example they they put in a ranking situation there's take take for example John who who is the number eight in that team happens to be a, a northern boy I'm not bitter or anything um, but he he um, He's sort of ranked about number six, but they see him maybe as an Auckland um, number eight in the year, not 2021, but 2022, 23. So they've actually got a a progressive step programme for these kids to go into, and it's all basically mapped out. And the unions that do this rather well will be the unions that will progress. It's really important that you actually have some money in that kitty for PUFs just to ensure that those kids are locked into the province for during that time, and I, I know, I know, with my only union, Northland is probably one of the issues that they do struggle with. They farm a lot of kids around the country, but just retaining them real hard work.
0: So, so what does PUF stand for?
1: Uh, PUF, I'm not entirely sure, but it's 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 sort of like a um, a, a contract for younger guys. Uh, I, I think it's some sort of development uh, contract guys to keep to keep them remained in in the academy now some of these contracts can be between two and seven k from from what i've what i've gleaned um, also it actually keeps them in a, in a province for an elongated period of time that uh, that their that their career path is actually mapped out so they're given up they during that time they're given a lot of polish a lot of love and they're always basically uh, so, for example if you're Auckland they're always in touch with these players just letting them know how they're progressing the skill sets that they need to improve on and of course the better they, they play the more they impress they go up the pecking order so to speak. The problem that they do have sometimes you'll have another union who's looking for a player of reasonably reasonable quality like if you example example your county's Monaco your two number eights get injured all of a sudden you're looking around for a another number eight, so you might end up picking the third or fourth ranked number eight out of Auckland. It's it's actually quite an interesting process, but I suspect that the unions that do that rather well or have got some money in the kitty, to have these players locked up, will you, you've actually got that f- a whole forward planning going.
0: Yeah, but there's, look, there's another thing also. If you get a kid who has spent uh, two or three years in a place, he's going to build up a network there. Um, he's going to have a circle of friends um and it's going to be it, you're making it he's more likely to stay even if even if he doesn't make it into the into the um uh in, into the might Ten Cup um side he might become he's got he'll have himself a job he might stick around playing club rugby for a while um and uh, yeah it, it's going to be good for the level of your club competition which means you're going to have better better, better players coming through overall um at a better level etc etc it, it all it all adds up it's not just about the, the sort of the cash that's there uh, and every single player making it um, as, as well. Um, talking of uh, if your number eight gets injured, if your um, two number eights in a Kiriwani and Hoskins to Tutu gets whisked away by the All Blacks, what do you do as an Auckland uh, rugby coach? Do you uh, head down and uh, have a look at the under 20s and um, 21s and and, and pick, a, pick a number eight? Or do you head off to Two and uh, pick up a, a Tupulotu Uh, and get him on loan um, to play for you at the weekend. All right, you want to take the (laughs) one?
2: Well, this this has been something I've been going on for a good 15 months now. So I'll I'll give you a bit of an insight. Um, Early part of last year, um, I wrote up a framework for Auckland rugby. This is more to do with high-performance coaches but well, basically, um, it was a case of trying to spread uh, rep players amongst the clubs and depending on a particular skill or skills or a skill set which a particular player needed to work on so that they could contribute better in a mitre ten or an NPC campaign, there is a good collaboration between the high performance coaches of the province and the respective club coaches. So it's, it was kind of like, you know, you're subcontracting out, uh, for better choice of words, the coaching of a certain skill or skill set to the club coaches. And there is good communication between the clubs and the high-performance coaches. Thereby, if at any point a contracted rep player is injured and there is a vacancy in a particular position for uh, someone to step up, there are players on demand. Uh, and I think, as uh, Paul said, you know, getting players on demand, this is this is a really good example of why having such a system and process is absolutely paramount. Because, number one, players within the province who are playing club rugby, who are busting their gut, turning up week in, week out, they don't miss out on opportunities. And... Um, I guess there's always a question, you know, are these guys good enough to go and play? Might attend rugby, Uh, you know. There's there's always that question, but we have to have some kind of system and process in place which gives preference to our local homegrown players, so that they are ready, they are amped, they're prepped. When the opportunity arises, they're ready to go. Does that answer the question, Paul? It is. It is. It is kind of staggering that
1: for all Auckland's talents, and you've you've got guys in a, a certain picking order, and I would imagine your next number eight, so your your development number eight, and there was some good ones. I, I think I saw a really good number eight running around for college uh, rifles this year. I'm I'm actually really surprised Auckland have gone away to Manawatu to have picked up a player that Manawatu. Didn't want, but it's not the first time we we discussed that on Sunday night. I think in the 2018 team that won the Mighty Team Cup, I think there were four players. There were four players that were loan players from outside Auckland: Kurt Heatherly, Mike Sonesi, there was uh, Taniola Koroi and there was somebody else as well, Uh Robbie Abel, who'd basically been loaned off the uh, Rebels or one of those sides from. Australia at, at 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 that time. Uh, I still see Nocturnal Rights mention Freedom uh, Vahakolo before, who was the Ponsonby fullback uh, uh, winger this year. Yeah, Freedom uh, Freedom's actually a Whangarei Boys, originally out of Whangarei Boys Whangarei Boys High. So yeah, that's a, that's another one that's got away from us as 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 well. So once again, I think that real important piece in rugby is the guys who run the high performance. Role, I think it's up to them to have a really, really good eye for talent and what that picture looks like, and not just as it looks like at the moment, but maybe two or three years down the track, whether they can picture that kid playing uh, rep rugby.
2: Yeah, it's I mean, Auckland had had ample down stocks.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, that's that, that, that. We'll have our own conversation, Paul, because Paul's muted. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes i know um i was like one of the um uh, look i ultimately i picked a situation there that, that was deliberately um uh going going to to, to cause a bit of uh, question marks as to why is auckland having to borrow players um look uh, they, they have lost two players who they perhaps wouldn't be expected to expect Toskins to to quite uh, his um his 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 um start to rise quite so rapidly uh, i don't think i mean didn't even play super rugby last year Super Rugby this year, and suddenly he's in the All Blacks. So um, I kind of yeah, I, I I get that they they would have um, uh, the um, uh, they would have uh, would have would have wouldn't have expected to need another eight this season. But um, the um, look, I mean, all the clubs do all, all the provinces do it to a greater or lesser degree. Um, they have plenty put a lot of work in, so they don't have to do it as much anymore. They used to have like two or three lone, uh, lone players, um, and uh, and it and it is a look. Um, certain certain times, certain provinces are going to be uh, have more or less of a of a particular position, um, and therefore players will will get um, get loaned out. Um, Aaron Nas is Tupolatu from Auckland originally. I don't think he is. And he is not a he's not in any and he's not in any way a relationship to Patrick um, at all. So the the Tupolotu we're talking about who is number eight. Um, I, I was about Paul. I was about to say they've also lost
1: Wymanar. Reading a couple to injury as as well, so if you think about it, they were probably down to their fourth ranked number eight. Hence, the, hence they've gone out.
0: Yeah. So yeah. So I, as I say, I was being a bit cheeky with that one, um, but so uh, yeah, it, you, you, yeah. You, the clubs you obviously want every province to to build up um, and use their club system as much as possible um, for for players, but sometimes these these things happen. Um, now, Boa, something you mentioned pre-show was um, how well. Um, super Rugby is going in South Africa.
2: Indeed, indeed. Well, lots of end-to-end action, and this whole excuse about not being prepared is just, uh, yeah, big chicken wing excuse. Um, it's, uh, I have to say, because I've been, I've been watching some of the highlights. I watched the Stormers play the Bulls, uh, Western Province versus Northern Transvaal, basically. If there's a curry cup version, and I have to say, there was some very entertaining, um, you know, open, free-flowing rugby, and it's just, it's just a shame that the Springboks aren't there because I would have loved to have seen the box replicate some of that rugby and play the All Blacks. But instead, they're playing dodgeball. Such a shame. <laughs> <laughs> now, to add a bit of balance to the show,
0: um, here that is that. some. Um, uh, look the, the lions versus the cheetahs was cancelled um two weekends ago because of um the number of covid cases that uh, that the lions picked up uh in their camp um now they got uh, a week later they were able to play uh and beat the gricats 61-31 um so look the um and that is round four so they have they have um if if they had flown out they would have flown out with maybe with sort of one uh, or just that um that's a funky super super rugby, uh, and then the, the uh, green versus gold game um, would have been all the games they had before they flew out for the rugby championship. So, um, the yeah, it, it, it is, I say it is, it is round four that's just completed. They really haven't had much rugby. Would I have liked to have seen them? Um, would I have liked to have seen them uh, uh, at their championship? Absolutely. I think it's a crying shame they're not there. Uh, but I do get that they would have had they would have had very little preparation time before then. But then again, the Pumas will have had very little bit preparation time and they will be there. So um it's a swings and roundabouts thing. Uh it's great to see that um the Super Rugby is actually happening in South Africa. They've got it going and um, they've lost one game so far out of four rounds. That's not that bad going when you consider um I think the situation in some countries and some places at the moment. Um so yeah so at least it is it is going on. Um over there, but yes, uh there is um, there is that. Uh, but yeah, I, I yeah, it's crying shame they're not at the rugby championship.
2: Yeah, it's it's very exciting because you know, dry, fast, firm pitch conditions, and you know, all the teams are willing to throw the ball around, and that's what rugby fans want to see.
0: Yep, and then international rugby we have going on. Um coming up in two weekends time, we'll have Samoa uh, uh sorry in the in the um in the women's side we'll have um, Samoa versus Tonga. Um as well as New Zealand women playing New Zealand Barbarians. Um this weekend they're doing the uh I think it is this weekend the Probables versus Possibles game um is, uh, is is this weekend. Um also um coming out also congratulations to England who won the um uh who won the one the uh, the six nations um about uh, eight months later than it was supposed to finish, but there we go. Um and uh, Uruguay lost to Spain at 20-32. to 32. I didn't see that one coming. I thought Uruguay would go better against Spain than that. Um, Fiji will play this Friday against Portugal uh, before warming up before the um, Autumn Nations Cup that's going to be kicking off. Um, uh, and um, so, yeah, so lots of international rugby going on, um, not only at the Rugby Championship, but also um, uh, over in Europe um, as well. Uh, so, yeah, so... Uh, Yes, Simon. Just I just mentioned the, uh, the Uruguay versus Spain thing there. Um, now, Stephen, you were at the. We, we 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 spent the first twenty minutes or so, or some half hour talking about the under twenty ones. Um, but so uh, when you weren't there, um, but um, you were you were at the finals. You did a couple of um, post match interviews for us um, that are on the uh, the New Zealand Sports Radio uh, Facebook page. Um, any? Uh, you, I think you are wanting to. Any questions that you wanted to ask? Bell. I thought you I thought you mentioned something that uh, specific things that you, you you had in mind.
1: Yeah, I, I had a um, had a couple of interesting uh, conversations with um, uh, Jeffrey Yoromi, who was the head coach of um, of the uh, central team, and also uh, I've just forgotten the guy's first name, second name, uh, Franheim, who was the coach of the uh, West uh, West Rangers, one of the coaches of the uh, West Rangers team, and uh, yeah, they they were really positive about the tournament. It, it, it's filled a gap. This year, I guess we'll have to just see how it plays out next year, how COVID and what the actual season looks like because we could be back to normal next year and might be a case of where do you fit it in because usually at this, well, what we call this time of the year is usually rep season when you see all these rep teams running around. So it's a case of who's going to gonna be available. But oh, being there live, I was really impressed with the standard and the physicality and the size of, of some of these kids as as well, and you can just see the kids that were standing up as well. I think player of the tournament Benjamin Stretton, I think his it was named as named by my, by Sir Michael Jones, a kid out of uh, College Rifles. Um, it, quite interesting um, that, that he was selected because if you look at all these athletes that were running around, you had these big Polynesian athletes, but your player of the tournament is a very tall, skinny Pacquiao boy, which is which is great to see. But boy, uh, the two locks. Um, Josh Forbes I think the, an Australian boy um boy those two those two kids were, were really really outstanding and um, and from what I believe throughout the whole tournament there just wasn't any scuffle as well you know so players all, all basically kept their head and, and they were and they were really disciplined obviously there was an odd yellow card here and there um for infractions but um, listen it was it was played in very very good spirits
2: very good. spirits. Well, yeah, yeah, look, fantastic and, uh, you know, first of all, congratulations to Central King's outstanding tournament, played some very tactical rugby and, um, you know, also for the coaches, man, what a fantastic opportunity. Initially, when this tournament was put together, I have to say, it was very difficult to find people to commit time to coach, but soon as Sky came on board, it was on television, man, we had coaches lining up left, right and centre, which I thought was great. Uh, Because you have to understand, most of these guys are volunteers. They're giving up their time. So, extended time, doing overtime past the uh, regular season of the Gallagher Premier uh, cheer for the Auckland competition. And, yeah, I mean, you know, some great rugby, some big, big physical hits. Uh, The crowd really got behind the teams. And, of course, some really nice set-piece plays, as well as some counter-attacking rugby. And, um... It just gave these boys who didn't get a full chance to complete the season for 2020 another crack at playing some rugby. And, uh, you know, for the boys who were involved with in Southside Rising, each and every one before every game, they pretty much spoke to me one-on-one. And, you know, they were, they were really buzzing. And, you know, they were, they were always trying to improve and put on a great show because they knew family, friends, extended family were watching live on Sky TV. What a wonderful, beautiful thing. Yeah. I can't say where this is
0: where this came from, but uh, talking about conflict with rep, rep rugby, you might find that some um, players prefer to play in this tournament than make themselves available for rep rugby if
2: it is still on TV. That is the key, and that goes the same for coaches. You wouldn't believe how many players uh, in other grades as well as premiers came up to me uh, during and after season and said, "Oh, coach, next year if this is on, I want to be playing 21." So. Great science. Great science. Oh, that's that, that sounds good. Could be a, a gig in, the, a, in it for us uh, next year.
1: Now, that just on uh, before, I mentioned that um, that acad- those academy contracts, they're called PUDs, PUDCs, and they're Player Union Development yeah. Contracts. Yeah, P- P-U-D. Thank you. PUDs, not P-U-E, PUFs, and that's something that unions basically use to help Develop that player, keep them in the game. The cost between two and seven, but I would imagine most of that cost goes into their training, keeping them in in in, in shape, etc. Just just basically showing that the union is um, is showing them a lot of love. I would imagine
0: they still, still have to go back to their job, nine to five or eight to four. Well, to say if, if you can live on seven k a year, you're doing well. Um, the um... you do. No, no, well <laughs> oh, the, okay. my, that's my petrol cost. Oh, okay. um, the, I'm trying to get around all these grounds. Um the um uh, uh just gonna go back to uh, uh, the European um international rugby that's going on. Um yes, three members of the Fiji squad have tested positive for COVID, unfortunately, and three more are in isolation. So look, um it is great that they've managed to get some games happening and complete the Six Nations. They haven't managed to finish the six the women's six nations because of COVID. Uh, so they're still having to try and get those fit, fit those games in. We will see how the Autumn Nations Cup goes, uh, how many of those games do manage to actually happen, and how many get cancelled. Look, France is going into a five-week has just gone into a five-week lockdown. Um, the uh, England has gone into a four-week lockdown recently uh, because because of, because of uh, uh, increasing numbers of COVID cases. Um, now the lockdowns are not lockdowns in the same sense as we would know them in New Zealand because things like schools and uh, are still open, um, for example, uh, and people can still go to jobs if they cannot work from home. So look, it's not locked down in that kind of sense, but some um, there definitely are reduction in the kind of events that can happen. Um, so we'll see uh, which uh, how many of the games actually get to go ahead. I mean, last weekend we saw uh, the um, Wales-Scotland game happen at um, uh, Park Scarlet's um, rather than at the Millennium Stadium because the Millennium Stadium is still set up as a hospital. So, um, the uh, so yeah, so look, there are um, uh, or, or if not service hospital, then sort of has to be available to be used as a hospital. Um, then, um, so yes yeah, so we'll have to see how those games go ahead, but uh, we will try and keep you up to date with the, how those progress here on a New Zealand Sports Radio. Um, any other topics, boys, before we uh, before we sign off, just
1: just before you just before you go, just back to that, uh that uh, final uh, last week. Now, the player of the tournament was Benjamin Sterrett, and his locking partner and captain was Joe Favish, and uh, those two boys, Joe's a, uh, an, Australia, he's an Australian boy, I believe, but plays more loose forward than he does lock, so two players to watch, but a couple of players for everybody to look out in the future it was the halfback for the West Rangers, Miracle Naititi, who's just absolutely electric off, off the mark, and of course, his uh, First five partner, Junior Matotia, as well. Very, very good player. Very slick first five. Runs great angles and kicks goals as well. And the uh, coach for the Luis, one of the coaches I spoke to for New Zealand Sport Radio was Jared uh, Franheim, who had some really insightful thoughts as well. But no, that's it from me. The short for me tonight.
0: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm scared about this one, Nocturnal Rights. Um, because if I set Bower off on this one, we could be here for another half hour. Um, <sighs> cards.
2: Oh, don't don't get me started. The last card, Shannon Brazel. Oh, my God. What, what is going on? You know, Ben O'Keefe, I have to say, he's, he's a professional optometrist. Surely. <laughs> the, the, the DMO said that the ball carrier fell onto the tackler's forearm. And he still kept a yellow card in the 81st minute. I mean, how ridiculous is this going to get? And I have to say, Wallabies, this, this going high tackle technique really needs to be inspected. I'm really surprised Harry Wilson didn't get cited for that shoulder to the head. There's outright thuggery uh, for, uh, on Sam Kane. And that, you know, that, that ended Sam Kane's, right? And, and also, uh, Daigunu, that aerial challenge, he was never, ever anywhere close to the ball. According to the rule book, and this is what World Rugby has been going on and on and on about, player safety, blah, blah, blah. It's only a yellow card, dead set red, what I would call a Ferrari red. And again, Ben O'Keefe, what are you thinking? Pull the card out. That's what red cards are there for.
0: Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll, he, I, yeah. That, that was it. You know, if you touch someone in the air and they land in the, the head, neck area, it's a red card. And that's exactly what happened. Red card. Simple.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, I mean it, it couldn't get any redder. That was just, that was ridiculous. Oh, Frazell, rough, rough one, ab- absolutely. I'm, I'm going to go off again, Noctello. That, that was just ridiculous. You know, Frazel, that was a perfect two-man, what I call an airbag tackle, absolutely smashed. Um, the the, the Wallaby player, I think, it was uh, Jordan Pater. You know, I think he was missing a couple of teeth as well and what happens out comes the yellow card it was it's, it's kind of like you know um it's kind of like the insurance salesman giving out you know business cards saying hey everyone, everyone. It's just ridiculous
1: oh well boy we got give you, you got to give you your dues, mate you, you actually said the Auss, the aussies would get smashed in one of these tests and that's exactly what happened and i probably dare i say it, i can't see them being any more competitive in in, in this next game even more so if matt Tumu'a is is not available for that test because uh, that that first from first five out to you uh, not so much Jordan Pataille. Jordan Pataille looked good but a couple a couple of them looked out of their depth.
2: Yeah, it was a bit of a mismatch, and you know I, I actually felt sorry I took pity on Aussies because they were just lambs to the slaughter. Uh, but here's the scary part: the All backs for their part, they were very inaccurate as well. You know they made about 17 handling errors. So the reality is if they improve their handling um, and, you know, finishing and execution, maybe another 4%, 5%. You know, we, we would have seen 75 points and that would that would have probably ended Dave in his career because I don't think Australia were prepared for that type of heidi But this weekend... All backs play in Brisbane. Brisbane. Historically, it's it's been a venue they haven't done very well, and looks like there'll be some wholesale changes. Most of the uncapped players and likely tested All Blacks will be making it into the game day twenty three. So I think it'll be an interesting game. Uh, but again, you know, um, yeah, I I can't see Australia improving a heck of a lot. Um, Maybe the hiding won't be forty points, maybe it'll be thirty, who knows? So we'll wait and see. Here's, here's,
0: here's my notes from the game. You can see a whole bunch of uh, things up to about half an hour mark. We got scores, then it then it kind of the all blacks didn't score half time, first thing, and it's like, yeah, fall asleep. Um the second half was just yeah, it's what's what was the point? It was all over. So I yeah. Um the I boss, I I I've no idea what this frit thing is because I'd gone to bed by then and missed that one entirely. Um the to uh, me it wasn't for me
2: it wasn't a great game to watch. Um, the the, the Frazel thing is what I would call the blind trying to guide the blind. Does that does that, does that make sense? It, it was that ridiculous. I mean, good God, what is rugby coming into? This is another way, um, you know, how 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 you're trying to complicate simplicity. What should have been just a, a solid challenge was very unfortunate. That there is no version, gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, at Test Rugby, where people aren't going to get hurt, where people aren't going to get knocked out, lose a few teeth, get some claret. That's going to happen. But what we don't want to do is dilute this game so much that every single innocuous knock, so even if you sneeze the wrong way, you get a yellow card. And what, what really got to me and what really keeps getting to me is with all those high shots the Wallabies were putting on the All Blacks, it's quite ironic that in the 80th minute, the team which gets pinged in for a yellow guy are the All Blacks.
0: Just insane. All right, So there you go, Nocturnal, uh, you you asked for um comments on the cards. Um, we've given it to you. Um, the um uh playing Hodge at 10, I don't think was 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 gonna be the answer. Uh look, they um the <laughs> they have uh, look the thing about the Aussie the they got a decent first they got a decent first fifteen. Um, but when they lose a couple of players to injury, they just don't have the depth at the moment of experience, um, and that's and that's what it is. And they lost lost James O'Connor, lost Matt Tamua, um, had ten players with with five or less caps, and they just panicked in that first half, basically is what happened.
2: And guys, the the, the TMO the 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 try which was disallowed for have, having no control, I thought that was a try for all money when Dale dane goes, you know, yep. push. On the ball. I mean, every, everyone, everyone knew that except the TMO. Um, again, we're we're back at square one. Professional grade referees and TMOs trying to complicate what should be a very simple, straightforward decision. The um, yeah, what's Dane Cole's on the wing though?
0: And also in another player who did the same sort of thing, Ash Dixon. What's Ash Dixon doing? Chipping. Chipping and chasing players. <laughs> um, Co- look, if hookers are going to Co- do that, they deserve the they deserve the try to be disallowed. Definitely, you're not. That's not Co- hookers. Get <laughs> get back, say, back in your place, hookers. I was going to say, Paul, because
2: he can. <laughs> <laughs> well, spe- spe- speaking of hookers, I think uh, Amoa might get a start this weekend against Albany. So very exciting, and who knows, he might come up with some stupendous plays. And I have to say. For me, the highlight of that game was that simple movement with Hoskins Sotutu picking the ball up at the base, going into that gap at pace, putting the ball a good two feet in front of where uh, Rico Ioani on the right wing, on the edge, hits the ball at pace, dots it down. Simply sublime. And that to me highlighted the gulf where the Wallabies were and where the All Blacks are.
1: And great scoring technique with the one-handed dive as well. So, <laughs>
2: well, what can I say? You know, that said, nothing beats the highlight of Ben O'Keefe, the optometrist, handing out a yellow card in the 81st minute. It's just yeah, what can I say? I'm not going to forget that one.
0: Sorry, looking forward to this coming weekend. Um, obviously, we have that so that game on Saturday night at 9:45 is the uh, wallabies versus the all blacks um as far as the mitre 10 cup goes um looking at that so we have south and Otago on friday night um then on saturday auckland versus northland um and north Harbour versus counties manukau um i will be at least i'll be at one of those games i'm not sure which one yet um and tasman versus canterbury um so look out for post-match reaction post-match interviews from those from those games from those first two games Hawks Bay then have Ranfurly Shield challenge against Wellington uh, their final one of the season so um uh, that's going to be a, a tough old one. I will be back in Hamilton for Waikato versus Bay of Plenty um give, bring you post match reaction from post match interviews from that and uh, then we finish up with uh, Manawatu um versus Taranaki um at uh, at the weekend. So I'll be at le- I'll be at at least two. Stephen, are you gonna be at any game this weekend?
1: Well, um, I'm just trying to work out who's got the better food. Uh, after seeing your food in the press box at Eden last weekend, you're going to the North Harbour Counties game, son.
0: Okay, so you'll do, okay, so you'll do. You'll do, uh, you'll do Auckland versus Northland. North yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. Enjoy the food. Um, I won't. Um, so, uh, as as Aaron says, Auckland versus uh, North Auckland um, is the, is the game that uh, that Stephen will be at. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um and uh but thank you very much for joining us yet again um be an absolute pleasure thank you Stephen, for joining us halfway through part-timer um and um we'll uh, see you all tomorrow morning at uh, 7 a.m don't forget that the standoff show has moved from wednesday night to thursday night because tomorrow night is state of origin and um, so um, brad will bring you all the news from state of origin on thursday evening at 8 p.m for the standoff show